Well, it's Christmas Eve, and there may be some of you here this evening that are here because someone made a decree, and it wasn't Caesar Augustus. It could have been your mother or your grandfather or your spouse, and they might have said something like this, we've gone to celebrate the birth of Jesus every single Christmas Eve, and we're going again tonight. And so maybe you came tonight reluctantly, begrudgingly, you didn't want to be here. You might have thought that there was more room in the inn in Bethlehem than you'd find in this church tonight. And I would just simply say, just think if we didn't have two Christmas Eve services. And so some of you may be here tonight because somebody else sort of said, hey, you're going. But I'm glad you're here. Some of you may be here tonight and you might be just a little skeptical of this religion thing. You know, I'm not sure I'm buying what the preacher's selling. And let me just say to you that you're not alone. In fact, the Christmas story itself includes people that were somewhat skeptical of what was going on. Scholars believe that the Magi were not really religious people. They likely did not believe in God. And yet they were a part of the Christmas story. They were the ones that saw the star and followed it to where they finally found Jesus. It's as if God wanted people that are somewhat skeptical of this religion business, that I still came for you. And so if there are any skeptics in the crowd tonight, let me just say that I'm glad you're here. And God is too. If there are some of you here tonight that just sort of feel like, you know what, I might be into this religion thing, but I just sort of feel like I don't fit in. I'm not that cookie-cutter religious type. I sort of feel like I'm always on the fringe, and I'm always on the margins. And let me just say, I'm glad you're here. And that there's a person or persons that model that for us in the Christmas story as well. Those shepherds, you know, they were the filthiest, nastiest outcasts that existed in Jesus' day. They couldn't come around everybody else. They always felt like they were on the margins. They always felt like they were on the fringe. And yet, who were the ones that the angels came to announce the birth of Jesus to first? The ones on the fringe. The ones on the margins. The shepherds. If you feel like you're on the fringe tonight, if you're in the margins, if you don't fit into the cookie cutter box of religious folks, let me just say, I'm so glad you're here. And God is too. Now there may be some of you here tonight that have no trouble believing all of what has been read and proclaimed in the Scripture this evening. It's been part and parcel to your DNA from the very first breath you drew and you were born in the church and you were raised in the church and and this is one of your favorite nights of the whole year. And let me just say, 
I am so glad you're here. And you know what I hope you'll do? I hope you'll model Mary in the Christmas story who was said to have treasured all of these things in her heart. And I hope that in treasuring those things in your heart that your faith will just increase and grow and flourish. Well, I don't know why you're here but I'm glad you're here. There's room for all of us. From the strongest believer to the strongest critic. And it's my great joy tonight to stand before you because I believe that in Christ, God is with us and Christ has come so that God would dwell among us tonight. And many of the scholars say that when uh, that passage that we read in Isaiah, that when they're reading about this one that is to come, this child is to come, it's going to be a, a, a wonderful counselor and a mighty God and an everlasting father and the Prince of Peace that Isaiah is talking about, none other than Jesus himself. Now, when I think about a counselor, I think about someone who validates our lives and our experience. I think about someone who invites us to just be honest about what's going on inside us and what we're thinking and what we're feeling. Someone who gives us a safe space to share our dreams and our emotions and our fears. Someone who wants to help us heal those broken places that each of us have in our lives. And when I think about a mighty God, I think about a God that there's nothing this God cannot do. Now there may be things that this God chooses not to do, and that's going to take somebody a lot smarter than me to figure out why that has to happen, but I suspect it's because this God somehow sees things that we don't see. This God knows things that we do not know. But there's nothing that this God cannot do. When I think about everlasting Father, I think about a parent who's always present, who's forever, who is faithful, who will never leave us and never forsake us. And you may have had a child to walk out of your life or a parent to walk out of your life or a spouse to walk out of your life. But this everlasting parent will always be with us. And when I think about a Prince of Peace, I think about all the war and the violence that's going on in our world, and I think about all of the turmoil that's going on inside each of our lives as individuals. And I think about God sending one who desires to bring peace not only within, but all around us without. So I don't know why you're here tonight, but Christ has come. And if you need a counselor, Christ is a wonderful one.
He's come. If you need a mighty God, something to do what you cannot do yourself, Christ has come and Christ is mighty. If you need someone who's going to always be with you, never leave you and never forsake you, Christ has come. He's everlasting to everlasting. And if what you long for, both inside your heart and mind and your family and throughout the world is peace, then the Prince of Peace has come. We've been using the serenity prayer throughout the season of Advent on Sunday mornings here because there are things, despite what we think we need and what we think we want, there are things that we cannot change. And for those things, we just have to come to accept it. There are things that we can change, but we just don't have the courage to. So we could pray for the courage to change. And then we seek the wisdom to know the difference. I'd like to invite you to join me, if you will, if we can get the serenity prayer on the screen. And let's pray this together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that You will make all things right if I surrender to Your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with You forever. Come, Lord Jesus, show us the pathway to peace. Amen.